You can be seated. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 through 21. Just an epic portion of scripture from the Apostle Paul to a bizarre, quirky group of people called the Corinthians. Um, they lived in a port city, kind of like San Francisco Bay Area. It was cosmopolitan. They were full of idolatry and weirdness. And even as Christians, they had to be corrected and admonished over and over again. But they bore a lot of good fruit. And Paul makes this download to create a clarity about uh, how changed they are. He's a Jewish man that his Hebrew prophets foretold. Ezekiel, for example, said, God one day is going to take out your stony heart and he's going to give you a new heart and make you brand new, put a new spirit in you. Uh, their king David prayed. He said in Psalm 51 when he was repenting for the behavior he did with Bathsheba, uh, he, he said, uh, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. That was a yearning for what Paul now is presenting here, that in Christ there's something brand new that's taken place. So um, this is my foundation series. I'm pastoring along these lines of the fundamentals. I started out with the doctrine of the scriptures. My key text was 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. It's based on Ephesians 2.10 that explodes off the page where he says, you are God's workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, my goal is to equip you, get you some spiritual nutrition. Um, this is, because of time, a breakfast restaurant. And I, I don't know how you want your eggs, over easy, sunny side up, poached, however you want them, hard boiled. I'm going to get it to you. And... Uh, but I want to read this, but before I do, I want to ask uh, for God's help in this so we can get this clear. Father, thank you that um, these things are laid out, black letters on a white page for us, that you've handed down Genesis to Revelation to us, and it's authentic. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's real. It's genuine article, and uh, it's life-changing. And because we're born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which is eternal, we are not just in this little abbreviated moment, but this is for, for our whole existence, for the ages to come. So teach us about that. Help us to have a bigger picture today. Get people out of the doldrums and moments, anybody who's depressed, anybody who's been medicating in the wrong way through this pandemic. I ask that you would just mercifully bring them out of bondage, out of oppression, Anybody who's drifted or gone numb, I pray, God, there'd be a revival, a rejuvenation in their heart. And I just pray the presence of the Lord will fill this place. And that, God, you'll be with my mouth and help me to do a good job as a pastor teaching the message in Jesus' name. Amen? Nudge somebody next to you and say, you're a new creature. Nudge them back and say, quit bothering me. All right, we got that out of our systems now. We feel more comfortable. We broke the ice. Therefore, look at verse 17. If anyone, any man is in Christ, now there's neither male nor female, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. We're all one in Christ. 
So the great equalizer has come. So if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. Now that word behold can just be a pass-through word, but really what it means is look at this, pay attention to this, ponder this. This is similar to the book of Isaiah where he said, don't call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. He said, behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. And he says, will you not be aware of it? And he's trying to pique our interest. He's, he's almost provoking us with, will you not be aware of it? And, and that means we can become apathetic or our minds can drift. Or, uh, you know, he told Joshua and Caleb, don't look to the left or the right. Isaiah 41.10, he said, don't anxiously look about you. So this is something we, we're to behold. And... Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 said, We all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror uh, the glory of God, are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. Now, I trip out on, on, on animal life, and uh, I watched a butterfly catch uh, a good gust of, uh, of wind, and it flew faster than a hummingbird. And it hardly flapped. It was just like, woo! And it was just a trip, just watching this thing. It looked like a potato chip just flying through the sky. And, uh, and I thought, and you know, then I thought, that backstory on that beautiful, elegant flying creature with these sort of translucent wings with multicolors, you know, used to be a little lowly, freaky uh, uh, caterpillar, you know, with little fuzz and kind of going... I mean, who has to go through life like this, you know? And uh, it went from that to being the, f the floating potato chip up in space, you know? And, and also, every spring, we've got a little muddy pond near our house, and so we get an explosion of tadpoles, and then uh, you can hear the chirping, mating sounds of the frogs, and then all of a sudden you could see just loads of tadpoles up by the shoreline. And then, boom, an explosion of frogs. And the, just the, the craziness of, of, of tadpoles going to, to frog and, and uh, a caterpillar going to a butterfly. And I think it pales in comparison to this verse. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a brand new creation. How many of you think it's a trip? A little tadpole, a little squiggly with a little head, a little squiggly, squiggling around. And then all of a sudden it becomes this frog that comes, you know, that's a trip. Come on, humor me. How many of you think that's amazing? I know, like we're in science class in the seventh grade right now, but it's exciting because there are spiritual parallels. And this is, in fact, what is happening to us today uh, where we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, so that we may prove what the will of God is. How many of you want to see the will of God manifest in your life? We don't want to just meander. We don't want to just kind of barely make it. God did not design us to be mediocre, uh, nor did he design us to have a bunch of self-actualization hype or human determinism as our main strength. The Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Strength, strength comes from knowing him, knowing his capacities, knowing his affection, knowing his interests, knowing what he's provided, 
and you see him in Jesus Christ. He's the exact representation of his nature. Uh, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, my desire is to do the will of the Father. And what was his will? To seek and save that which is lost, to take us from tadpoles, to make us majestic, to take us out of being uh, just roly-poly little kind of scooting along on the sidewalk, just praying to God we don't get hit by a car. I mean, I feel, I don't know if caterpillars pray, but I would think they should because they're just out there in the road and people are going 70 miles per hour, and, uh, which they shouldn't be. They should be going like 30. Uh, but right here, I want you to just resonate with this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is what the Bible says. This is not pretense. This is not make-believe. You become a brand new creature. The old things passed away and new things have come. This was iterated in John chapter 3 when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. There's a new birth that has to take place in every man, woman, and child's life. We need Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, you become a new creature. The old things pass away. New things come. Now, all these things are from God. What things? These new things. It would behoove us, it would be important for us to study what God has made us to become. And we're going to talk about that for the next few moments. I'm teaching on this new creation, these new creation uh, uh, realities. I'm going to itemize some of them to you that are in the New Testament. It says, uh, he, now all these things are from God, look at this, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Do you ever reconcile your, your, your checking account or reconcile and pay off bills. Something wonderful about paying off bills. And in this credit card society, um, my wife and I noticed, you know, we like to keep, get, pay them off. You know, who likes to have them paid off? Yes. Because, I mean, the, 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 it's crazy, you know, how they, uh, they'll charge you for the interest. And so we noticed we would pay them off, but then we would get a bill for $2, and then it would be $30, and then it would be sometimes a hundred and something dollars. And, and we would call them and say, we paid this off. Well, no, you had this uh, card protection. It cost $2 a month. I said, well, I asked when I called you, I said, hey, what's our balance? Because we want to pay it all off. So then this happened to us a few times. So uh, the, it, the, it wasn't, you know, God and sinners are reconciled, but sometimes it's hard to reconcile with a credit card company. Because there are little hidden little doobies in there. And this thingamabobs and these doobies are floating around in there, and we got to know about it, right? So uh, she said, well, you, um, you got this. Uh, and in fact, in one case, they said, yeah, you have this card protection. It was $2 a month. And I said, well, I, did I sign up for it? No, no, it was we gave it to you. Well, wait a minute. So I didn't even know about it. Thank you, I, but I didn't even know about it. And now, and I paid this off, and now all of a sudden you're telling me I'm late for a bill that I've already paid. Uh, and I ask you guys to, t and, 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 and then we always have to say, we know that you're offshore somewhere, and you, you know, you're doing your job, and we're not mad at you, but we're mad at the, you know, having to do all that, because you're really nice, thank you. Can we, and my wife always preaches to them, just, and they, they have to say, thank you so much. And this is, this is being recorded for, what is it? Recorded for... Uh, so they're, they're like playing it back and they're all going, <laughs> they're getting saved somewhere in India. 
because the irate customers got even by leading them to the Lord. Anyway, hallelujah. So yeah, when reconciliation comes, it's not that doesn't have little lingering thingamabobs and doobies. God covers this and makes you a brand new species of being which never before existed. And this is why I'm preaching this, because I'm the product of being, having an encounter with wide-awake, genuine Christians who understood some of these things and to the point where they were able to communicate it. And, and my lost, empty, wayward condition as a teenager in Southern California during the hippie kind of counterculture crazy land stuff that was going on in the late 60s and early 70s, which is very similar to what's happening in 2021, I just feel like I need to equip you, train you, and, and deploy you uh, with this awareness so, for example, you can consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. We're to, we're to encourage one another day after day as long as it's called today. Did you know there's an encouragement deficit in the world? I'm also convinced there's an evangelism deficit in the world. And the Bible says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he says, pray the Lord of the harvest will thrust forth laborers, intelligent, uh, clear, loving, non-threatening, not awkward, sincere believers who study and understand who Jesus is, who understand their place in life, and who understand the old things passed away and new things have come so we can be proficient to communicate this help and this hope to this lost and dying world. Listen. Tom Kosky was in our church up to his death. He died in his 80s just a few weeks ago, back in May. And he was the gentleman who preached the gospel to my brother and me in the summer of 1969 in Southern California at King of Glory, Missouri Synod Lutheran Church. I didn't know this, but he spent eight years in seminary to get to that point where he built that church he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they gave him the left foot of fellowship, and he went on and continued to walk with God, and he landed in this church. This church is 1,812 miles from that church. So how he and I meandered our way back here, I as a 13-year-old, uh, him as a maturing uh, uh, young uh, pastor, and we found our way back in this local church. It speaks to me of God's symmetry and God's... Uh, uh, order of things and how he orders our steps. I'm a big believer in that. I don't think it's a coincidence, for example, that we're here right now. I'd rather be here than at the lake. I'd rather be here than on a $40,000 jet ski right now, right? Doing wheelies out in the water, because I would. I'm excited about what God's doing in this hour. And uh, I'm excited about what the scriptures say right here. And so, he preached the gospel to me in his sort of uh, liturgical, conservative setting, and the, yet the gospel came through that context. He got in, you know, he shared the gospel with a kid that was not even interested or even listening, and I'm the product of that. And uh, I'm the product of a Vietnam vet, one of the 40,000 soldiers that came back addicted to heroin from South Southeast Asia, and he came and he told me how Jesus changed his life, and told me that I could be saved, and uh, I'm the product of a girl, Jill, inviting me to a church, 
in uh, Upland, California and communicating the gospel with me. I just never want to forget that, you guys. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm also speaking to ambassadors. Look what it says here. It says, namely, God was in Christ. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Interesting. We've been committed with the word of reconciliation. Therefore, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. Like it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you think you're doing a good job or not, you are a forward representative of this inward change. God has shaped something called the church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Women of God, men of God, kids of God, elders of God, red and yellow, black and white, God has called us all out of darkness into this marvelous purpose to go out with this good news message and I feel very strongly to share this. I talked to one of our Chesterfield cops who's serving here today to watch over us. I told him, he had, he, somebody outran him down the road here the other night, uh, and I asked him if it was this Jeep. I pointed to my car. He said, no, it wasn't your, it was another, and he named the other car. I said, oh, that's my other car. And he went, <laughs> I, was, I was joking. But anyway, while Patsy and I were driving home from church after Friday night, guy was in a BMW convertible right in front of us, and I could just tell by the way he came out of the light. He didn't have his phone. As he was with a date or his wife or something. She was petting him on the head. And uh, he was driving kind of loopy. And so we started to pray. And he would drive over the lines, the double yellow lines. And he would go slow, real slow. Then he'd go fast. And so we, I gave him about six car lengths. And I started praying in, in the spirit. God protect him. Send angels around him. God deliver him. Don't let him crash. And uh, we, he drove all the way down the road. He took a left. I, I, that ended up being the way I was going. I kept a distance from him. He went way, way over into the oncoming lane, way over to the other lane. So I was pretty sure that in this pandemic, somehow a Friday night, instead of going to church, he was medicating on something else. So he got me praying for him. And I was praying protection on him. I was loosing angels. All the stuff I learned in the Bible, you know, I'm, God, I'm praying and trusting you to keep him safe all the way till he gets home. Doesn't hurt anybody else or himself. I mean, I, we articulated prayer all the way home. But I thought about it. I thought, because I talked to this, uh, this uh, Chesterfield police officer. He said, man, in, through this pandemic, he's noticed in his work, there's just a lot more substances uh, uh, being uh, imbibed because of depression, because of upset, because of worry. So like never before, I think the church needs to polish off some of these things and understand the Bible is God's word. We need to understand God the Father, his son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We need to understand redemption. And remember what Paul told Timothy. See, he said, you know the sacred writings. He said, he said this, he said, there's going to be crazy land in the end times. Realize this, in the end times, difficult times will come. People will be lovers of self, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, boastful, arrogant, revilers, ungrateful, unholy, disobedient to parents. Just articulates 2,000 years ago what was happening, and now 2,000 years later, even a greater concentration. And he says, but you, though, continue 
in the things you've learned. And this is why I'm preaching what I'm preaching. Because in Acts chapter 2, they continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. There's something powerful and valuable about continuance. Having done all to stand, we stand. Like Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. And there's laid up for me a crown of rejoicing, not, of righteousness, not only for me, but for everybody that gets in on this big bonanza. So here I am, 2021, reading about Paul in Corinth and reading about Timothy during that period or in Ephesus and seeing fast forward bump 2,000 years later, a greater concentration of crazy land. And it happens to be in our lifetime and in our context. We came through 9-11. We've watched in, uh, uh, the development of wars and rumors of wars. We're just now leaving Afghanistan and we're, you know, uh, trusting God for things to work out in, in, in these nations, knowing that the nations are a drop in the bucket and as dust in the scales. Yeah. Hey, I watched God retrieve the hippies. I, got, I watched God save lost people. I watched church develop and mature and grow. There weren't churches like this when I first got saved. It's become a phenomenon in these end times of volume. In the early church, 3,000 were added in one day when Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit and got up and proclaimed the word. And I'm convinced God can do that in a millisecond. And God wants to do that through each one of us. Yes, even those of us who feel numb, who have been distracted, who have been discouraged. But yet, we're not to grow weary in well-doing. For in due time we'll reap if we faint not. Uh, Hebrews 10.35 emphatically tells us, do not cast away our confidence, which has a great reward. We're not to stagger at his promises. And in fact, we're to peer into the word of God. We all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed from a, from a, a tadpole to a bullfrog, from a... From a uh, a caterpillar to a butterfly, from a sinner to a saint. Yes, God can make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, but even better than that, he could take out that hard, cold, stony heart and give us a tender, empathetic, genuine heart for God and a heart to obey the Holy Spirit and a heart to walk in love and a heart to follow through all the way to the end. You're not supposed to die early. You're not supposed to give up. You're not supposed to throw in the towel. You're not supposed to cave in. You're not supposed to shrink back because his soul has no pleasure in those who shrink back. He loves it when we press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what is that prize? Hearing the big five, well done, good and faithful servant. What is the prize? To look in his eyes and see him have those crow's feet smile, stand like he stood with Stephen and say, hey, welcome into the abode of the righteous. I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Heaven is a wonderful place and I want to fill it with souls. I, I, want to vacate the, uh, vac I want to make vacant spaces in the lake of fire and I want to see more and more. I want to see hundreds of millions of people come to Jesus before it's too late. So we see here that we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us. Here's this liturgical, Missouri Synod, conservative, Lutheran pastor out in the parking lot of the church he's just freshly built, king of glory with a beautiful bell tower, white paint, and, you know, uh, a steeple that one of his preacher kid's sons threw dirt clods and mud on and he got spanked for it. 
which I heard at the funeral. Um, but yet, in that context, a couple of lost suburban kids in Southern California heard the gospel, even in that context. The gospel is the power of God. So it's as though God were entreating through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Yesterday, there was a, I think, a, a drug-using guy that was hiding out underneath one of the, the uh, landing uh, staircases here at the church. And my son-in-law, Steve, pulled up and said, Are you okay? Yeah. You need anything? No. You need any money? No. Um, do you need a place to stay? No. He said, do you need anything? He said, I need prayer. He had his cat. There's cat food. You could go see it out there. He had a big pile of cat food. He's under there with his shirt off. It was raining. And I thought, man, God is bringing the broken into our awareness. And all, he didn't want money. He didn't want a place to stay. He just wanted to, he needed prayer. And we, we suspect he's, a, he's gotten gripped with hard drug use. And there's hope for him. There's hope for him. And I believe in God. We understand this today. And we learn from this situation we're in right now. So we can see the results of what this says here. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Look at this. So that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, I'm, I'm giving a big shout out to the, to the Lutherans. And Concordia Press has a terrific book by a man named Brandt who did a, a translation of Isaiah 61. You want to hear it? I'm going to read it to you anyway, so I hope you do. It's a paraphrase of the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The, the famous scriptures that Jesus, when he was, uh, after being tempted, gets baptized, Holy Spirit comes upon him. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And he goes into the wilderness, gets a heck beat out of him for 40 days and 40 nights. Lucifer's bombarding him with all kinds of mind games, identity issues, questioning his authority and destiny and everything. And uh, he kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written, right? And then uh, the devil finished all of his temptation, and he, he's waiting for another opportunity. Jesus, it says, returned in the power of the Spirit. And I hope that happens to you today. I hope whatever stuffing has been knocked out of you through the circumstances of the last few days or weeks, I pray something sticks to you today, penetrates your thinking, fortifies your vision, gets you back up on your feet, strengthens you with might and power by his spirit in your inner man so that you can run with endurance that particular race that's marked out for you as we fix our eyes on Jesus. Come on, I'm believing for it. Now, here's what it says in this, uh, in this amazing translation. It says, The Spirit of God, who was upon and within the God-man, Jesus Christ, now abides within all those who are the redeemed children of their Creator Father. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. You know why? Because it's, it's a thick, concentrated, that's like eating a stack of steaks. This writer, it looks better if you sit and meditate on this. So I'll read it again. The Spirit of God, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, who was upon and within the God-man, Jesus Christ, look, now abides within all those who are the redeemed children of their Creator Father. Oh, baby. Didn't he say that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh? Yes. Then it says, the task that the Christ was given 
to fulfill has now become the task and objective of his faithful servants. So Jesus came to do two things. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And as it goes with him, so it goes with all of his followers. Now listen to this. This is to proclaim the good news of God's saving love. Do you want to reiterate anything about any social issues? Talk about Jesus. Talk about the mercy of God. Talk about answered prayer. Talk about the time God got you through a battle. Talk about how good God is. You know, I was talking to Jared Bax, and his mother and father elegantly came to this church in the latter days of their life. I remember standing behind Jared's dad as he was worshiping the Lord, a bit emaciated from a cancer attack. And I was just privileged to stand near this mighty worshiper, mighty godly man. He didn't know I was watching him. That was one of the big takeaways of the whole weekend for me. And, and, and that, in fact, often is what happens. When I rededicated my life to the Lord, people didn't even know how much impact they had on me. I, I would stand in the back disoriented. I was dealing with culture shock. I had been back in the world. I fell away from the Lord. I came back to church. You know what really impacted me? Yeah, the worship was impactful because it was genuine and God inhabits the praises of his people. It was impactful. The preaching was mighty and anointed, strengthening. But you know what else helped me? Seeing people worshiping God that looked like my dad. Seeing people my age that were trying to press into the Lord and not just be pretentious and religious, but really we're trying to have a sincere connection with God. That impacted me, and it impacts me still. And now I'll tell you what, Jared's mom and dad, they're present with the Lord, so they don't have, one thing I'm happy about is they don't have to watch the 6 o'clock news. Uh, but the thing they would be proud of is their beautiful kids are in church today. And they're following through on what their mom and dad gave them. They're not like, well, if it were, my mom and dad should have lived longer. I'm mad at God. I'm not going to go to church. No, they're honoring the Lord by follow through. That's what Paul told Timothy. He said, you know, your grandmother, your mother, Lois and Eunice, you know the sacred writings which make you wise to salvation. You know that all scripture is inspired by God. It, it's profitable for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for training in righteousness, so that the man, woman, or child of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The people who know their God, Daniel 11.32, shall be strong and do exploits. There are divine purposes that God has for each one of us, and if we'll just keep a light hand on things and open up to the Holy Spirit, not compare ourselves among ourselves, not gift project, not try to uh, overcharge everything, not try to push in the flesh and yield to the Holy Spirit and trust Him, we'll see signs, wonders, miracles follow. We'll see Jesus honored and glorified. We'll see more people come to the Lord, primarily as we proclaim the good news of God's saving love, the forgiveness of sin, the gift of eternal everlasting life, as well as being the vehicles of his rich gifts to those who are in need of such. The guy didn't need a place to stay, didn't need money. Uh, he just needed prayer. There is healing for those who are afflicted, comfort for those who mourn, freedom for those who are under bondage, this is what God's servants are enjoined to proclaim and to make happen. <laughs> These things will begin to happen when, guided by his spirit, get this, Christians commit themselves to the blessed task of channeling God's love and freeing power to the suffering and oppressed about them. 
talk about channeling. Did you just say channeling, Pastor Jeff? Don't you know the New Age people channel evil spirits? That's not what that's talking about. It's talking about being a conduit of the love of Jesus. It's talking about being available to the Holy Spirit and hanging out under the spout where the glory comes out in connection with him and fellowship with him and saying, God, here, bust me loose. I'm available. Order my steps. If you want me to be quiet, I'll be quiet. If you want me to speak, help me to speak properly. Show me what to say. Show me who to talk to. Show me how to share. Uh, because God, make no mistake about it, I know for sure you've given me the ministry of reconciliation and you've committed to me the word of reconciliation. Oh, you know what would happen if we all brought one person to church and they all got saved? Church would double. You know what would happen if we became so aware of this that we were bringers? We were bringers. You know, one time we heard about a brand new Broadway play called Lion King. It had just come out. My wife got really interested. She's very gifted at this. We've had these productions at church for the years, you know. And we had the opportunity to go to New York. And we went and uh, their tickets were sold out two years in advance. Something like that. It had become a really popular program. Uh, it was the beginning of it. It was before the movie or, or, or it was at the beginning of it. And, and um, the very beginning of the play. And um, so we stood in line, and there were people in front of us and people behind us, and they said, you, you know, the only hope is a cancellation. And my wife said, we're going to get two tickets in Jesus' name. She was even telling people in the line, the people in front of them, people behind them. I was like, <laughs> I, didn't have faith, I didn't have the faith she did for that. I was like, just, okay, well, well I'm glad I'm hanging out with you. And so she just was confident. So we were just standing there believing God. She's believing God. I started to kind of catch up a little bit. And then a man pulls up in a car, jumps out, has, he pulls out these tickets like, whoosh, and he goes, and he walked up to Patsy and said, do you want these tickets for Lion King? And she went, yes. <laughs> and I came in and here's what I did. Uh, are, are those face value or are you, like, are you a scout? He goes, no, no, it's face value. That was where I was coming from. So it wasn't exactly my magnetic uh, faith or personality at the point. The people in front of us were going, he, he did, and, and we felt okay because he came right up to us. He didn't go to the front of the line. He didn't go to the back of the line. He came right up to us. He said, I, I said, sir, can I ask you why you're selling? He goes, I'll sell them to you for face value. And they're very good tickets, he said. He, I said, well, why are you selling them? He goes, well, I have friends that are visiting from out of town. And I've already seen this show, and they want to see something else. And I got these tickets, so I just want to get rid of them. So we said, yeah. And then we, we ushered in, and I was like, yeah, I'm walking with the lady who's full of faith. <laughs> and we, they sat us in such an amazing seat. We were, like, right up in the front of it. And, uh, and the Lord gave us a, a, those tickets, wonderful blessing, face value, not, not uh, scalper, you know, uh, and, and it was just, we were in that moment. But how much more valuable is the invitation to the banquet, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and an eternal connection with God? Look, when Lion King, listen, I'm going to just admit this to you. When they came out with all the festivities and the music, Tim Rice and, uh, uh, was that guy, a uh, piano player uh, who wrote the music? Elton John. Was it Elton John? Yeah. Tim Rice and Elton John. Yeah. 
amazing music, but when they came in with all the puppeteering and all this stuff, I burst into tears. I looked over at my wife. I was like, somebody just mowed the lawn in here. I've got some... She had tears running down her face. I talked to my friend uh, Tom Newman with Impact Productions. I said, man, I, I, uh, I burst into tears when this thing started. He goes, I did too, because it was excellent. It was excellent. That's what overwhelmed us. It was, so, it was like, wow. The, the creative thing, the music, the art, the expression, and even the theme of the program. But let me tell you, that pales in comparison to the excellency of knowing Jesus. That blessing of us getting those tickets pales in comparison so exponentially to somebody with the good news message of Jesus saying, hey, can I tell you what Jesus has done for me? Can I, the, the Lutheran pastor, eight years at the Concordia Seminary, Missouri Synod, uh, a technical uh, liturgical church that I wasn't even a part of, and yet the word of God comes through the framework of a non-denominational church like this with certain aspects of a, a kind of a relaxed approach the, all the way to the liturgical and all, everything in between. Jesus is manifesting himself in this hour and he's looking for men, women, and children that will yield to him and get this. And if we get this, the, hey, look, if anyone is in Christ, hey, you're, you're a new creature. And, we, and we're to ponder this. We're to actually become very astute at this. How, how would we know our privileges unless we studied the benefits? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget none of his benefits. He pardons all of your iniquities. He heals all of your diseases. And in this case, he takes away a stony heart. It gives you a new heart. If anyone's in Christ, he or she's a new creation. Let this... Let this dust off the mindset that's tried to come on you. Let this become central to you prayer people, you tithers and givers, people with a gift of giving, people that are sacrificial, people that are servants. In this pandemic where things have really been, the contours of things have been a bit disrupted, and yet we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, and we're on the chief cornerstone who is Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The gospel is always, has been, and forever will be the power of God to salvation. Come on. I've got three minutes to cram in 40 minutes of preaching right now, and I'm so excited about it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this message. Christians commit themselves to the blessed task of channeling God's love and freeing power to the suffering and oppressed about them. God's servants ought not to be concerned about rewards. Their obedience to their God and Father is their response to the love of God that has been poured out upon them. They may seldom be rewarded by the people who they serve. Indeed, as with Christ, they may be persecuted for their good works. Nevertheless, there will be rewards for those who are faithful. They will, in God's own time, be honored as, the, as his beloved servants, those who serve their fellow persons as authorized and sent by God are the only hope for the floundering masses of this world, for, any, for they proclaim the word and saving power of their creator. Though those are long, run-on sentences, they're so beefy. And they proclaim the single and glorious hope for what lies beyond this world, the kingdom of the living God. It is that kingdom 
that God's children and servants will be honored and rewarded with everlasting life and joy. Here's what I want to get over to you. Philemon 6, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. There's something valuable. Knowledge is power. And then acknowledgement is critical. Proverbs 3 says, in all your ways acknowledge him. And what will happen? He'll make your path straight. He'll, make, he'll provide an open door. He'll, he'll create opportunity. My wife was believing God. Something that's pretty inconsequential, you know, but yet it was important to her. And God cares about the, the details of our lives. And that ended up being a seismic miracle. Just, and the people around us, the pe- they were like, wow. You know, the guy walked right up to us, had to give them to her. Not me. Had to give them to her. I got in on it, though. It's like, I'm, you got to hang out with people full of faith. That's why I love coming to this church. And that's why when I see the Bax kids serving God, I'm so proud of them. I know their, their mom, their dad were beautiful. I hate it that they died young. I'm missing them. They were the, they were the opposite of whining, complaining church members. They were the people that were a joy to serve. And they brought it. They were givers. And I, they, they're present with the Lord. And I, I, I wish we had them for 30 more years. Now, how much more the kids? And now grandkids. But the way you honor them is by taking on and doing exactly what they're doing. Showing up, I'm going to serve God. This is, this is not just borrowed from my mom or dad. This is not something imposed. This is something that I realize is substantial. This is, the, in fact, very best thing we could have in life. Because of Jesus, can I read what I wrote to you in my Bible when I first got married? Because of Jesus, the Word of God says, I am God's child, for I am born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. I'm forgiven of all my sins and washed in the blood of the Lamb. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, delivered from the power of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of God's Son, Colossians 1.13. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13. I'm blessed, according to Deuteronomy 28. I'm, I've been made a saint, which is a holy person, washed by the blood of Jesus. Blessed means enjoying great happiness, prosperity, and favor. In fact, I'm surrounded with favor as a shield, Psalm 5:12. Holy and without blame before him in love, 1 Peter 1:16 and Ephesians 1:4. I'm elect, chosen, established to the end. I'm brought near by the blood of Jesus. I'm victorious in all these things. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm set free. For he that the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might, Ephesians 6, 10. Dead to sin, alive to God, Romans chapter 6. I'm more than a conqueror, Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Need I say more? I'm a joint heir with Jesus, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I'm in Christ Jesus by his doing. He's become wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and a redemption to me. I'm accepted in the beloved instead of rejected. But in the hated, I'm complete in him, lacking nothing. I'm crucified with Christ, alive with Christ, free from condemnation, reconciled to God, qualified to share in his inheritance, rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. 
circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, a fellow citizen with the saints and of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. I'm in the world as he is in heaven. As he is, so are we in this world. Get a hold of that one. Born of God and the evil one does not touch me. I'm his faithful follower, overtaken with blessings. I'm his disciple because I have, been, I have love for others. I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. I'm called by God, the first fruits of many brethren. I'm chosen. I'm an ambassador for Christ. God's workmanship created in Christ for good works. I'm the apple of my father's eye. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm being changed into that same image from glory to glory. I'm raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. I'm beloved of God, and we are one in Christ. Come on, man. Hallelujah. So, tatted poles, you just graduated to full bullfrog status. Hey, uh, caterpillars, you're now getting ready to mount up on butterfly wings. Hey, people that were once in darkness now walk in light. People that were once in bitterness shake it off and forgive. That's why we, today, we, as we finish this service, if any of you haven't given your heart to the Lord, today receive Jesus. Today's the day of salvation. Confess him as your Lord. Receive him into your heart and be saved. And then also, if you've kind of gone dull, I believe that what I just did, you just drank water out of a fire hose. And that tingling feeling you have on your face is the fact that your lips just got completely ripped off by this message. Because sipping water from a fire hose will just rip your lip right off. But then it'll just help. You just smile like, uh, what, Fire, fire Marshal Bill, is that it? <laughs> so let's all stand up on our feet. I want you to pull your teeth, lips back and smile like Fire Marshal Bill at each other. I want you to go out with joy, be led for. Hey, what's that in your pocket? No, it's not two tickets to the prestigious, brand new, cutting edge Lion King. No, it's better than that. You've got the ministry of reconciliation. You've got God who answers prayer. Look, the guy, perfect drunk driver to be around the right driver. Pastor gets out of Friday night church, gets behind a drunk driver and is praying his head off for him. You know why? Because on my way from Bible school on Highway 44 from Tulsa to St. Louis, a minivan came flying over the hill. I saw him in my rearview mirror. He flew by me, and he was swerving all over the road. I thought he was falling asleep at the wheel, so I was honking, honking. I raced up to catch him. He was going too fast. I couldn't catch him. There was a minor hill that we went over when we went, and I was praying. I was so burdened for him because he was so reckless. We went over the hill, and he was gone. I said, Patsy, call the police. And uh, sure enough, I saw obscure down in the bushes, way down the hill off the side of the road, an embankment. He had rolled and flipped. The top of his car caved in. His window was blown out. I pulled over. I ran down through the bushes. Uh, The door was sprung open, and he was laying there, and blood coming out everywhere. And uh, uh, I I went in. I began to pray for him. Patsy called the police. Highway highway patrol or the... uh, State Trooper, yeah, those are the guys that you got to watch out for in Rolla, Missouri, at, 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 mile, at mile marker 218. I've I just heard that anyway. I've just given, I just heard that from somebody. 
he started coming to, I was patting him on the back, praying in tongues, believing God. The, the cop came down and, he, and I couldn't smell, I smelled sleep alcohol, no alcohol. He was an EMT guy, got off work and took a bunch of Percocet. And um, I'm, I'm telling you what I think. He passed, he crazily passed the right drivers because we have a ministry of reconciliation. We know how to pray. And uh, it was a thing of, he got in my, he got in our deal. And we were, what were we doing? We were Christians committed uh, to the blessed task of channeling God's love and freeing power to the suffering and oppressed about them. Let's lift up our hands. Say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Speak through me. In this harsh world, there's still hope. Keep my hope alive. Stimulate fresh vision in me. Speak through me, God. Help me to be sensitive. Deliver me from temptation, the ridiculous attacks of the devil. Help me not to yield to my flesh. Help me to listen to the right things. Engage in the right conversations. Meditate on things that are sweet. God, deploy me into this crazy world with dynamic strategy to channel your healing love to a lost world. Souls will be saved. Bodies will be healed. Oppression will lift. Demons will flee. Chains will break off. Breakthrough will occur. In the name of Jesus, I am an ambassador for Christ. I am more than a conqueror. I'm going out with joy and having some supernatural happenings in the next few days. In Jesus' name, amen.